Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods, Trailer Valet, and the Fishing the Line video up on my YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram channels. Today's episode is Jerry Rego. Um, this is him at the Toy Drive back December 5th. He came down and did a little live, uh, talk a little bit about everything. He also does a little Q&A. It's a very funny one. He also talks about patent stuff, which... It's, it's pretty funny. He, he he kind of breaks it down. It's really cool of him to come down and talk. Thank you again, Jerry, so much. Um, also, Jerry SU, so it's the Rego SU bait, is the Patreon sponsor for this month. So please check that out. Patreon, that was a plug right off the bat, huh? Um, I got a, a lot of new episodes coming out. Uh, I think Robert Meyer uh, will be on Thursday. YouTube, I'm still waiting because we have, uh, we'll be re recording the intro this week or next week. So I want to get all the my ducks in a line before I fully commit to YouTube and the way I want it, but it'll, it'll be up. Um, what else is going on? Thank you to everyone for coming to that spotty event. That is crazy. I think a, a 98 entries. First place got a thousand bucks. Uh, thank you, Phoenix, for helping out with the rods. Greatly appreciate that. Tamiki for doing the big fish. Um, Jonathan caught the big fish on, and it was only, I think, 15, but it was a tough day. So it was really cool. Thanks for coming out and supporting a great tackle shop, Ballet Fishing Alliance. Um, here's another big supporter of the podcast, Trailer Valet. Please listen to this message from them and purchase some stuff if you can. Trailer Valet is a disruptive brand that is focused on helping people save time and get to what they love most. They listen to the people out there doing their thing. The fishermen, boaters, RVers, campers, overlanders, adventurers, and are constantly innovating to design reliable products that make towing and trailering hassle-free. From remote-controlled movers like the RVR to the industry-leading drill-powered JX Jacks, Trailer Valet has the vision of being the go-to one-stop shop for all trailer owners. Today, they continue to expand into the new product categories and by sharing real inspiring stories, plan to continue their mission of helping people save time and move forward. Check out the online shop at trailervalet.com and use the code on the podcast cast and crank 10 for 15% off your order. Thank you for the support guys. Please go check them out. 15% off. If you use cast and crank 10, check out the uh, blackout series hitch. I really like it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that's purchased something already greatly appreciated. It helps out the podcast a lot. Thank you trailer Valley for all the support. 
Appreciate that as well. Um, YouTube will be up and running soon. You got to check that out. Also, what else is going on? Nothing right now. I think we're going to be doing some more episodes. I got a ton of new episodes coming up. Some great ones, some crossover ones, uh, saltwater ones, 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 ones. <laughs> saltwater episodes as well. So uh, keep a ear out for that. Give us a five-star review on iTunes, if possible. Would really, really help the podcast out. Check out the castandcrankpodcast.com. Maybe we'll do a new shirt drop pretty soon. I got to uh, figure that out. And follow us on Instagram if you haven't. I hope you, ha- you already are. If not, uh, please go do that. And lastly, I apologize for this audio. This is probably the worst one of all of them. I'm very loud, like usual, and Jerry had the mic farther away, so it was hard to get him uh, to fix this one. It was really hard. So if you hear me get loud, I'm sorry. I'm just used to being close up on the mic. So please, please bear with the audio. It's horrible, but there is some funny stuff on here. Check out the YouTube as well. Thanks, guys, for listening. Oh, you guys can hear me, huh? Yeah, Daniel. Where's Daniel? Where's Daniel? Can you make sure, is everything recording? Is that the right way? Okay, yeah, get it close to your mouth, just like last time. Look at, oh, sorry, no, Jerry. No, I'm deaf, right? Well, you have, look at, talk in the mic. Talk in the mic. <laughs> talk. Okay. Oh, you can hear yourself. There you go, right there. Can I? Yeah, a little bit. Can you hear in your monitor right there? You should be able to, can you, can, you, can you turn the monitors up a little bit? Can you turn the snare up in my headphones? <laughs> <laughs> One person got that, thanks. <laughs> all right, go ahead and test it, Gary. What's that? Test it, can you hear it? I can, I'm all right, I guess. <laughs> as long as nobody's talking. <laughs> hey, they wanted old school, they didn't realize they were getting You're going to get old school, no fucking hearing. So, uh, yeah. um, another big supporter of the podcast, Jerry Rego. Uh, I wanted him on to talk about God, everything. We didn't even, we didn't touch everything we needed to do on that podcast. And there's a big Q and A. People want to ask some questions. Um, sure. The first thing, let's talk about. You have your trout, uh, the SU bait, the Rego bait that just came the out. D3. Talk a little bit. Yeah, talk a little yeah. bit about that. Um, it's uh, it'll probably do anything you want top water, but it's made to be have a real exaggerated action. Um, I try to make it swim more than any other bait. Um, it's really good. Just just throw it out and wake it. It's got uh, two line ties. Um, the top line tie is actually what I fished originally because I would troll it for brown trout. And then as I moved it under the chin, it turned into a bass lure. But uh, basically the nose was kind of for a little bit of ripping and twitching and, and it would actually dive farther. Whereas the, under the chin, it's just extreme wake. I don't think you can wake any more than that bait. Um, it's not for everybody, but I think if you give it a try, you'll, uh, you know, I don't want to be an advertisement, but, <laughs> but if you don't have one, you might be Real cheating yourself. Real fucking nice, Jerry. Real nice. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I've used the bait, and you came on before and talked. It's a great bait. 
I'm nobody, like, compared to some of these dudes, like, to mention. Like, these the, guys out in sure. the audience. You know, there's um, plenty of dudes in the audience that are way better <laughs> swim bait fishermen than me. But I'll put this so I, can, I can't see, so I can see over it a little bit. <laughs> or I can get under it. I love yeah. this. This is great. <laughs> oh, we're, who's got a question? No one. <laughs> so, not yet. Not the questions yet. So, um, I just want to talk a little bit about the new bait. It's a trout style, so different paint job. Did you do the paint job on it? On the new one? Did you do the paint job on the new one? Oh, yeah. We, uh, I just did a uh, one with par marks. Um, it's a dark trout, par marks, um, just with kind of a blue purple. Um, the other, the original dark trout has a dark stripe, but once again, I, I like a lot of detail for, or extra detail, whether it's gills or bright eyes or whatever, because I like to fish fast no matter what I'm doing. Um, what, what gave you the idea for that bait pattern? Uh, actually, a Rapala from Finland. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's just, right. uh, you know, and I'm always using the, you know, it's all about the trout, mostly for the bass. And, you know, if we had more trout, we'd all be catching more. By the way, everybody, they just stocked Isabella, Korea, <laughs> Success. He just Don blew Pedro, up New Malones, Rancho Seco. It's wide open this week. And this hasn't happened for a few years. Really? You know, especially, uh, you know, just, uh, but that's all north of us mostly, but still within a couple hours drive. But I suggest you get out before Christmas. Um, I used to get a lot of fish in December. I kind of slowed down in January. And then I'd have huge Februarys, but then right before the mud snail stuff came on, um, I started doing well in January too. But uh, but this is the opportunity that hasn't come up in several years. We've got the new moon. We've got low water, clear water. You know, not not a lot of rain washing stuff in. And I think the best chance for a trophy bass is in the next three weeks. Really. Without we, a doubt. Best opportunity in like the last five years, I think. No way. Up north, up where you're yeah. at. Well, let's just, well, All right, period. stocked. It's, okay, yeah. We, we haven't been really been stocked down here. Um, yeah. We Except haven't for, really talked about like you fishing like shore for big bass for your boat. When we talked about it, it was like trolling. We kind of jumped around everywhere. So I kind of want to talk about you fishing big bass from shore a little bit. Well, and do you have a difference from shore? And do you have a difference from the boat? Like, do you do you see the comparisons from shore pounding to being on a boat? Well, it's shore pounding where I live in the Owens Valley is, you know, the northern bass, and uh, all we have is shore pounding. Um, by the middle of May, we're completely choked out every pond with weeds, so so we have to stay on the shore and find pockets. But every time that I came to LA to visit the kids or whatever. You know, I'd go to Castaic or Casitas or wherever I could fish from the shore a little bit. But really, in the boat is where it's at. You know, it's funny, uh, when you're on the shore, you're limited to the shore, but a lot of guys in a boat want to pound the shore, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a million spots you can hit by boat. But I believe most of the bass are behind you offshore. Really? In a, in a rock pile or... And that's where I also think you come up with big limits is offshore, whether it's a creek channel or a tree. You know, it's just that it's obvious when you're fishing the shore, you know, cast between every little item. And, um, you know, you can go around all the way around the lake and never fish the same place twice. But 
offshores where you're going to find them. I do a lot of trolling, and, uh, but mostly the trolling, it's seeing the fish before you catch them. And, uh, and even if you see fish that can't be caught, let's just say you're out in 30 feet or 60 feet, and in 30 feet, you see the fish. And uh, maybe they're not biting out there at that time of day, but when they come to contact the bank, I think in wintertime, they're going to contact the bank at 30 feet, if they're already at 30 feet. And it's just uh, a matter of circling around and finding your fish, where I think if you're just out there casting, you might run into fish once in a while. And now with these new fish finders, you can actually see those fish and cast to them. That's how those guys were getting those big uh, bodies up there, like Berryessa. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to talk about is trolling a little bit. I know one thing that I'm going to say is like people frown upon it. Oh, you're trolling for a big bass. And I go, dude, you catch a big fucking bass. If it's legal and you catch it, it's a big bass. If it's on a jig, if it's trolling, if it's a big bait. Now, I like talking to big bait guys more because that's kind of what I do with the podcast. But I'm not going to take it away if a guy came up to me and said, yo, I just caught an 18 on a jig bite. Fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. And that's one thing I, I don't want people to take away from the podcast and go, well, Jerry, Jerry might troll. That's fine. That's, I, I have no problem with that. And it's not like you're lying when you tell people like, hey, I caught this fish, but it was, I was off the, sh no, I trolled for it. Like you, you sure. did, you know what I'm saying? So I want to talk about trolling a little bit and how that plays into your fishing, where you probably learned a lot about uh, spotting the fish on the structure when you're coming up to them, how to present that bait when you're already moving. So you could see it. It's almost like video game fishing now for the dudes that are doing tournament fishing, but you're, you're doing it in a older sense because you've been doing it forever, right? I right. Mean, well, when I fished, uh, I wasn't a tournament guy, but every time I got a 10-pounder, I just won the tournament. I either, <laughs> I Must be sold, nice to be you, Jerry. Well, huh? I got the satisfaction <laughs> of getting the fish, or I sold $1,000 worth of baits because of that fish. Right. That's another you thing. Know, and if you add it up over you know years, it adds up to a lot. And um, But I didn't like uh, you know being told when to start, when to stop, where to fish, where you can't. You know, but, but the real reason is I travel 300 miles basically to all the lakes and I got to hit it quick and um and I can basically do two weeks of fishing and literally in by two trolling hours, two hours, by so trolling you just go through sure and then mm -hmm. and once again when you uh you know you find your spots you know you GPS them or whatever but when you come up on a spot it's not about hitting it dead on sometimes because the fish are waiting outside but you see the spot and circle around and then hit the fish um in the beginning at Paris all my fish were caught at 30 feet over 65 feet. And I would see countless schools off the dam or off, off the island where most guys were fishing too close. And now the fish do move in, but it's almost like I had free fish out there. And, and you know, I'm totally lying. To trolling really actually sucks. You don't even <laughs> want to try it. But, um, but no, but it, it worked for me. And, uh, and then I get the casting fish too. There was spots at Casitas. Um, I'd troll over, I'd see six of them, what I call the kill position, about that far off the bottom. And there'd be like six of them, big arches, because I went right over them and I'm going pretty fast, like one and a half miles an hour. And I know that they're going to see the bait. And then over and over, I think, well, I guess they're not biting. Bang, I get one. I'm going to put it in my live well, take a picture, and I drift back toward the spot, grab the rod, cast over there, get another one. Throw a buoy out, 
here comes a boat and the guy picks it up, takes off. <laughs> but he, he, took off ne- your he never buoy. thought, why is that buoy there? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I've had him run them over, pick them up. Yeah. Um, but uh, but a lot of fish like that, you know, stopping and fishing. There was a couple couple guys doing a photo shoot at Casitas one time. They um, they just stopped. They quit. They were burned out. And then, but they were fishing. There's like three high spots, and they were fishing the one that happened to have the wood on it. And they got snagged a lot, and they lost their bait, so they kind of kind of gave it up that day. But they were they were on, but they also hadn't moved into the spot. But um, but there's other times, you know, you figure out whether it's a morning spot. Casitas had a spot. Everybody called it the afternoon spot. Okay. So that's where you went in the afternoon. But I'd always take a peek in the morning to see what depth they were in open water, and they'd be like in 90 feet of water. Once again, like 25, 30 feet down. My, my big thing when I'm in the boat is I like to stay 25 feet, 24 or 7, 365. It's just that, that works for me. But, uh, you know, the other guy, I've just seen since the swim bait craze has really taken off. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a caster's game, you know, and like uh, somebody like Butch Brown at Kestek, you know, he's got his spots. I have a graph for sale that has every one of his spots, by the way. <laughs> but um, but uh, but he. Hey, we're he gonna made, raffle that off in five he, minutes, he guys. It. You know, he made it for himself. <laughs> you know, it was a good, it was a good spot, and then he made it happen. I tried to get my brother to do it to a lake up north, but he just, he just couldn't figure that part out. It's just, uh, but, but going to a different lake and and, you know, every time whether it was, you know, one trip I went from Isabella to Casitas to Paris, to uh, Diamond Valley, um, Cuyamaca, back to Paris, and then finally I went back to Casitas. When you say one trip, how many? How one many? trip, sleeping in the truck. Oh, you like yeah. went, drove, hit all those lakes in one trip. Right, and then, but. Uh, and that's I being hardcore as shit, man. Well, that's... it's like, I didn't have conf- confidence in Cuyamaca because the water yeah. was so stained okay. and so shallow. You know, so I didn't last long there. You know what I mean? I'm always looking for, I like clear water because mm-hmm. um, it allows me to fish faster and I think I fool the fish by fishing fast. Kind of like, here it is, get it, and if you don't, move on. Whereas a lot of guys are slow, you know, like uh, Butch or Bass Jack, where these guys are yeah. dribbling along, you know, and that's, I just, I, I can't fish that slow. You feel like, <laughs> and you feel like the trolling helps you move fast. You just cover water, figure it out, keep moving on. Yeah, yeah. And, right, and you know what I'm usually, saying? Like, it's not a... It's and not almost a, never go over the same spot, unless I saw the fish. Yes. You know, so uh, one day, I handed the ride to my little neighbor kid, and he got an 18-pounder at Paris. I went over <laughs> the fish, and, um, you know, it was the right time. It was, the moon was good. Everything it was overcast. Um, I went over, there was a double, so he, and I turned around, and he goes... Why'd you turn around and go, well, there's two of them, and I should have caught one. And I actually caught them both at the same time. Shit. It was a 11.15 and a 9.8. At Paris. And one's on the front. The first one came up and boiled, and then something just didn't look right, and it got heavy. And then I'm reeling in, and I could see just the white stomach. The 9.8 was upside down. Mm-hmm. And um, so, But my buddy said, Man, you don't turn around much. I go, only when there's something there. And then, <laughs> so anyways, it turned out, I got them both. I got to tell this story. So uh, it was Christmas vacation, and a guy 
with his son says, can we see, can we come up and see the fish? So goes, yeah, and, and while I'm getting ready to unhook them, my, my batteries were dead my ba and my camera. So I opened the camera, dropped the batteries, grabbed a new pack of batteries, opened them, dropped some. And now that, and I set the camera down and the kid sees the open camera and goes, he's putting the batteries <laughs> in the fish. And he goes, and I go, what? And he goes, they caught it on a robot lure. <laughs> I'm like, what? But he thought, the, he's like a five-year-old kid. He thought he saw the fish open. As, I mean, the lure, but it was the camera that was open. <laughs> so anyways, we, we go along. Everything's perfect that day. I had some friends out at the lake. Uh, Scott Whitmer was there, Terry Battisti. And uh, so now we're on the other side of the marina fishing. And it's like sometimes I'll use one rod to cut corners, get in real sharp on boulders or whatever that you can't do with two rods. And, um, and, I, and to me, trolling is not easy. It's a fire drill the whole time because you could lose a lot of stuff in a hurry. But basically, we go around the other side of the lake, and there's another one. I tell my buddy, grab that one. Well, it's an 18-pounder. And I'm kind of like, uh, I didn't really want you to grab that one. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, so in the morning, the 12, the 11.15, I tell the lake manager, Nick Kuda, I go, you're going to give me 12, right? And he goes, no, it's not 12. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> nope, it's not 12. You know? And um, so then, anyways, we weigh the 18 powder, and it's 17.8. You know what I mean? I go, you're, gonna, you're not going to get the record. Yeah. His scale's lighter than mine. Reading lighter. Oh, his okay. His is official. Yeah. His, you know, it's a big old... Anyways, it weighed 18 pounds. There's probably about 30 people there, so... Uh, Fuck. I guess we'll trade that for that one ounce on the 12. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, just... Um, but, you know, it's, it, but I try to tell people, go troll the day before your tournament. Don't... You don't even have to put a lure on, because how many times have you had a friend tell you, oh, hey, man, I pre-fished, but I didn't have no hooks on the lures. He's lying. <laughs> it's, it's totally impossible to fish a lure with no hooks. You, you can't do it. Yeah, you don't see how many yeah. bites you get. You know what I mean? That's why it I makes like. sense. You're covering so much water. It's like, well, it does make sense. What I was trying to get guys to do is not, not fish. If you're scouting for a tournament, you know, you know your spots, your points or whatever. You know, and um, you know, you know which one you're gonna try to get on, depending on upon the draw or whatever. Yeah. But, but uh, just go look for other spots. Don't even look at the spots that you already know. And um, you know, I, I kind of thought. But it's probably harder to like figure out how to troll because if you told me like, hey, go troll like you do, I wouldn't fucking know what I'm doing. You know well, what I'm saying? Like. You know, I, I always figured so through trolling. I figured. I know where the spots are in between the spots that people ignore. And I always thought that I could win in San Diego by fishing the spots in between the spots if it was too crowded. Um, you know, one time I, uh, I was at Casitas the day before a tournament, I couldn't even fish. Mm -hmm. There was so many guys pre-fishing. You know, and I'm getting in their way because I got these long lines. You know, and then, and then, but, the, but then again, when a crawdad guy's posted up, yeah, you can't get near them, you know. And you know all the ocean captains—they're really good with crawdads, and I get in <laughs> arguments with them. You know, um, one time we're taking a shower, we're at the motel, and my buddy's talking to this other guy, and he says, 
yeah, man, let's go to the oak pit and have barbecue. Okay, yeah, we'll go. As soon as my buddy gets out of the shower, we walk out, and it's me and the other ocean captain, right? I mean, I'm not an ocean captain, but yeah. we looked at each other, and we both, we're not going with this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we, we'd clash on the lake a little bit, you know? But, uh, but I also had guys waiting. Uh, Todd Holder at Casitas, he was a killer there. Mm-hmm. He, every time I was there, he met me at the end of the day and wanted to know what I saw. You know, it's just because, uh, you know, they move around. But uh, like I say, I wasn't so much of a tournament guy because I, I made my money the other way. I mean, I didn't start out to try to make money. Yeah. But I did want to make lures for that did what I wanted to. I started uh, Osprey with a guy named Steve Harner. And when we first got him to swim, I mean, I'll tell you, we bought Optimums. And cut them apart because I like the optimum. I like the hey, hidden, where's Matt Pano at? You know, yeah, I like the hidden, the hidden lead head. And uh, but it was two years before we figured it out. Yeah. But I had, but we were making hard baits, you know, and I could catch them on yeah, those too. Yeah. But, but and then once the osprey was done, everybody fished it. It was kind of like gave away the not the secret, but gave away my edge. And I started working on my soft bait, which goes about five times faster. Because mm-hmm. I like fast, and I just, uh, you know, so I think that even a guy casting, you don't, you're not going to burn your spot out just because you fish fast. But typically, I don't know about you guys, but usually it's the first pass or the first cast. Mm-hmm. And um, and while if you're a guide, you're going to beat it up a little bit with the client. Makes you're gonna sense. Stay yeah, on the spot yeah, longer yeah. or try to keep the spot. Was the guide thing like but, a bit? So that's a hard one. Back in the day, I heard guides, you would have like a, it'd be hard because they'd beat up the lake or when it went off, you know, like even with Castaic, same thing, you get a lot of guides on the lake. Was it kind of different back in the day a little more? And the only reason I'm asking because it's cool to hear from someone that's been there for so many years, you know what I'm saying? I'm not following the exact So like, did it, did it, did it change the game when guides came on the lake more when you started catching big fish? Yeah. And did it ruin your bite a little bit? You know, like, maybe they came just for that big fish and really fucked up your bite. Would that happen with the guides? Yeah, well, you know, you want to try to have your own thing. And if the lake speed up... So, I got in late. Um, I went to Castaic. Uh, I had lost several big ones fishing with, like, uh, bombers and stuff. You know, I wasn't really a bass guy. And then once we started making the lures... You know, I figured a few things out, and but I did catch a few stripers. But I, I've wasted like 15 years on brown trout because you, if you're lucky, you catch one <laughs> every three years. You know, a double digit. And um, but I just wanted to try what I tried because Castaic was so hot. Remember back in the 80s, it was Lake Hodges. There was 10 pounders falling out of everybody's ears. Yeah. But not necessarily 14s and 15s. But there was no trout in Hodges. So when I first went to Castaic, I, I lost three or four really, really big ones because I think I was so radical. And then I like backed off for like two years. Then I went to Paris and got one real quick with some new techniques of yeah. trolling. But then the wind came up, so I had to leave. I had a little boat. Then I went to uh, uh, Casitas. I'm, I'm sorry, Castaic. And that's when it was taking the downswing. But I caught a, I caught a couple like an 11 and a 12, and uh, there was a guide there, and he saw me trolling, and he says, uh, you trolling for trout? And I said, no. 
And he goes, like, I'm trolling for bass. And he's like, oh, really? So anyways, I hooked one right in front of him, and I lost it. It was probably mm. 9 or 10. Yeah. And he, he kind of says, well, he goes, you didn't do that very well. You know I mean? <laughs> Actually, I didn't want him to see. Thanks, dickhead. I didn't want him to see the lure. <laughs> yeah. So I lost it on purpose. Yeah. And, um, and, but I already had a couple in the live well, and I pulled them out, and I go, yeah, I'm not too But that, that's even but, nowadays, like, I... I went fishing with Kelly Pupo and uh, we were at Paris. This was like a couple weeks ago. And I I don't swim bait fish much. So I caught a five pounder and I screamed. Fuck yeah, I screamed. I'm like, fuck yeah. But he's like, shut the fuck up, Nick. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I got a fucking, you know, like yelling. And I'm like, uh, he's like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, all right, sorry, my bad. And he's probably I, looking like Chinese hat with ponytails, so nobody. <laughs> he but, saw Raiden fucking Kelly, fishing next to me. They're like, Kelly anywhere, right? <laughs> so everybody knows Kelly. But you know what I'm saying? So like, hey guys, since we're talking big baits right now, I'd like to talk about the Phoenix Ultra Swim Bait Classic casting rod. The Ultra Swim Bait Classic rod is the flagship of the Phoenix Big Bait Rods. The Ultra Swim Bait Classic is built on the world-renowned Phoenix Hybrid Technology Blank, offering a superbly light, fast, sensitive, and balanced rod. You could check these rods out at your local tackle shop or check them out at phoenixrods.com. Thank you again, Phoenix, for the continued support. So today we ask a bunch of questions regarding the video up on my YouTube, Facebook, and IGTV. Is fishing the line of the marine protected areas in California productive? Do fish actually move out and spill over into fishable areas? Is spillover actually a thing? Have you ever witnessed anglers positioning their boat on the boundary lines of a marine protected area? Have you fished the line? What are your experiences? Is spillover a myth or a reality? Watch the video on YouTube and let us know. Thanks for listening. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I, I get that because later on down the line you go like, you do that, you fuck up a bite, like you're done. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, well, and it's not, I'm used to fishing calico, so it's not the same, you know, like, sure, you know, like you could say whatever you want, scream, throw I mean, fish it's at people. Tough like, now, man. Yeah. I mean, with, especially with the trout, and then it's, and then the mud snail thing, you can't even get on casitas, right? Unless you have two boats. Yeah. But, uh, but it actually was better when I started. I, I think, you know, you guys have it a little harder now because. The trout and the beat up spots. It's got to be way internet, harder than you know, like yeah. fucking just, 20 years yeah. ago. Is probably a little. So when I talked to uh, Eric's tackle up in uh, Ventura, he talks about Casitas. He talks about like Dana Rose and all those dudes that caught the big fish. So he's like, back then when you caught a 10, it wasn't a big deal. Like people were catching well, 10 all the time. Yeah, there was 40 yeah, yeah. guys at Casitas. That catch, they got all the them time. all the time, you know, yeah. like you know the Baileys or uh, 
There's an old man, Jim Mason. That's Jeez. that's another yeah. guy that came yeah, up as uh, Jim Mason. Yeah. And then there was uh, John Scholl, guide, you know. All those guys got tons of them, but a lot of those were on crawdads and or jigs or whatever. And then the swim baits kind of kind of pushed them out and kind of pushed people in different spots. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, But, yeah, back then it was you caught the fish and you took them to the marina and you weighed them. And you could see where I was fishing. Yeah. You saw what the fish weighed because I didn't weigh them. The lake manager did. And you could buy the bait right there and go right to the spot. Uh, uh, one time I had another double on the generic hard bait. And the wind was blowing me away. And it was kind of half overcast. And I, ju I just saw a stripe that long. Fuck. And I I'm doing Elvis. <laughs> you know I mean? and I, so I, anyway, I kept blowing away, and there's a guy there in a bass boat watching me. He goes, "What do you got?" And I go, "Man, I don't even know what to tell you." Well, anyways, <laughs> it was a four and a seven, and they both hit the lure, and they were like this. And, uh, hey, we call that touching and, tips. The stripe was so long. They touch tips. What? what was that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he ran to the marina and bought my lure. That was cool. That's awesome. You know, and yeah. uh, I never sold lures on the lake, you know, but uh, but you could see what was going on. And um, yeah, I miss that place. Somebody like, uh, well, there's a lot of guys now, but like Oliver turned into a, he could ruin a lake by himself. He's good, man. <laughs> and, uh, he's no but joke. he missed yeah. out on, because he was too late. <laughs> he's, a, he's a young guy. He's a young buck. Because so, like I said, all them other guys that caught, and caught him in the tournaments too. You yeah, know what I mean? the, the bags were getting bigger and bigger, and then the night tournaments were really good. So it just that's uh, the truth. Actually, I didn't fish the night tournaments, but uh, a few with Whitmer and we. I like to say that Whitmer and I cast the check for any, every tournament we fished. You guys were fishing together there wasn't a lot. Not many, <laughs> but, but it, what you but did it was, a, was it good. Was a, but okay. we, you know, and then uh, yeah, then I'd fish with John Zank. We would go work the tournament. But we weren't in the tournament. Yeah. And we get to go fish at night anywhere we wanted. That's nice. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, one time we bumped into the guy that was winning all the tournaments. And I knew the spot. That was uh, Sean Sean from the other tackle store. <laughs> Don't give his name um, out. What's that? <laughs> Don't give his name out, Jerry. Yeah, I can't tell you what lure is. <laughs> but but it's, it's out there. And they, him and his partner were cleaning up. But uh, let's, uh, let's do some Q&A. So uh, if you guys have any questions for Jerry, put your hand up. We'll come around. From Billy, the, you guys have the, no questions for the, Jerry. That guy's a troller, man. He's dirty. A troller? But, uh... <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Come up and ask a question. <clears throat> All right. Go for it. Hello. Uh, my question is, um, you were talking about spots between spots. Um, how often do you think, or um, more, I guess, how many times have you caught fish in an area that maybe you personally thought, you know, there, there's no way there's no fish here? So, um, a lot that it's worth it. So, in other words, jumping, you know, from known points or whatever. What I didn't like about the, is that all the good spots, there's usually somebody there. And so I figured I might as well keep my line in the water while I'm going from here to there. You know, at, at the Colorado River, like stripers, there'd be a guy cutting me on every single point. You know what I mean? Beat me to every point, then punch it, leaving the point. For miles. Okay. You know what I mean? 
So I was saying that because you were describing like a, like a method that you use to fish, and it sounds very like uh, algorithmic in a sense, where you kind of take your own bias out and you kind of filter through all the spots, moving away your own kind of personal bias. Sure. So. Well, and then there's uh, I like to call it the the spot on the spot, right? Now everybody knows that, like say with bed fishing. No, break but it there, down, like but there's completely always, break it down. Yeah. But there's always the spot. Like, uh, I know of 10 spots that Butch fishes that people think he's fishing the spot, but he's not. He's fishing that spot. <laughs> but it looks like on GPS, he's fishing that spot. You know, and we just, uh, but, uh, but, you know, the whole lake has them and they cruise in between. And it's just, uh, but like I said, sometimes you got to do it to avoid the other fishermen. You know, and, uh, just the pressure, you think. Or, that, you yeah. know, like I hear the word spot burner. You know what I mean? It's just, hey, the lake's open to whoever. You know what I mean? You can't well, I think they think spot burner means like a uh, photo. So like you post something up and you say you put like, say you're at a stick, say behind you, you could see the whole fucking topography like of the, what's around you, that's a spot burner to people. Well, yeah, but really it's, when you're on the lake, you're not gonna avoid a spot to, to uh, be a good guy. I mean, you got to fish when you get a chance, you know. And, and but but I think people what they say spot burners like if you got that fish, you post it up, and you show people like where you're fishing, uh, in that lake. You know what I'm saying? And you're it might be a promotional piece, whatever it is. Yeah, well, but you're you're yeah. putting that fish up. But you got this. Uh, there's the um, blur the background. Yeah, that's another. That's um, a good you point. know what I mean. Hide behind the fish a little bit. <laughs> they're big, they're big, right? But hey, everyone's not catching. At what everyone's not catching tens like no, you, No, but everybody's Jerry. seen the commercials. <laughs> uh -oh. oh well, I'm gonna let my phone ring. But there's a spot. There's commercials where the guy works out and his arms go like that. At yeah. what point does the bass go like that? <laughs> like, you know, when you alter the the picture. Um, I guess it's smart, but on the other hand. We couldn't do it, so I guess I'm jealous back in the day. You, know <laughs> you I mean? could but, blur uh, it out, yeah. But, um, you know, I understand that you've got to do that. But um, but sometimes, and then I I don't like waiting a couple months or a couple years to show a fish. Who is it? It's just, uh, sorry about that, guys. Let me turn this off. <laughs> we got to see who it is. You know, I actually wanted to make the, I think I had the first idea for the beard buff. <laughs> what? But, you know, the buff looks like a beard, but I got beat to it. Really? You know? Did you? <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? You gotta, it's, it's your deal to do whatever you want. Don't, you don't have to listen to me, but I think I could help you. You know I mean? It's just, um, nobody needs to go out and troll and I'm not like encouraging it that much, but. I got to tell you, it's it's pretty fun when they it, I feel like you're saying it'll it'll help uh, cross out spots that might not work. So like you're gonna go troll, you may you think a spot looks really good, you go by, you maybe throw you know troll down. But the thing is, they don't. No one control like you. You probably do. We don't know what you do. We might be doing something way fucking different. Like what line and reel and rod are you using is completely different than what we might think that's good for trolling. You yeah. know, like, it's just, you know, um, there was a guy at Casitas, Jay Carter. He's got like the record limit. I think it might be almost 70 pounds, something like that. Well, okay. he would be posted up 
and I'd come by, and my buddy would come by, <clears throat> and then uh, then he would he'd get mad and say, "Man, you guys are just staring at staring at us." You know what I mean? Like, but his spot wasn't my. I just happened to be going by. Yeah. And I go, dude, we're not staring at you. We're staring at our ride. You know what I mean? Because I don't hold it all the time. And uh, sometimes when I'm going really fast, you can't hold on to it. But then I got to pull it out of gear if I get bit. But but then some of these same guys, you see them on the lake, and then you go on the saltwater boat, and you're getting drunk with the guy, and he spills. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, tells That's a good all. call, dude. So I, <laughs> you know, like at Skinner, I, the only spots I know, I heard from the guy on the boat, <laughs> and I wasn't even on the boat. But, um, Him and Mike Gilbert got real shitty. Mike Gilbert. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't Mike Gilbert. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, Mike Gilbert's got his plan, you know. Butch has his plan. Uh, I would say, you know, Oliver had a, an agenda. You know, you just I would say just do whatever you want to do. Try to do what you want to do and not what someone else is doing. And it's hard to not worry about what someone else is catching. But as long as it makes you happy, I was saying... Like for, let's say, brown trout, you have to teach yourself how to not catch fish because you're not going to catch one for a couple of years, and even if you go every day. You know, it's just you need to get that mentality to be satisfied that you did your job. Um, with making lures, I'll go to, I'll drive six hours to a lake, and I'm, I don't worry one bit about not catching a fish, and especially on a new lure. But... If I'm not going to try new lures, I'm going to be butthurt that I don't catch a fish with the old <laughs> stuff. Because I, I know the yeah, old no, stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely you know? understand. But for me, it was about, in the beginning, it was as soon as I caught a 10-pounder on a fish, I didn't, on a lure, I didn't fish it anymore. That, that was to sell or whatever. <clears throat> and then moved Damn. on. But now I'm, I'm looking to have a, a nostalgia run. Between, <laughs> between now and Christmas, is the best chance to get a bat, big bass. Do you I think believe, you can get a double digit? In the last digit? five years. What do you think you can get right now? What? Like, what's what's the target size? Like, 10 for pounds. you, you, for sure you can catch a 10-pounder yeah. in the next Right, and months. then anything bigger, you're lucky. And, and as far as finding bigger ones, you know, it's, it's a, like I would like to say, like like what I call behind you when you're fishing the bank, mm -hmm. what's out there? That's when you're going to get five or six of them in the same day. You know, it's got to be a spot. You know what I mean? And then sometimes when you're fishing, you're trying to find a bite. But really, one bite makes you happy if it's the right one. Yeah, of so course. So for me, going out of t every lake is out of town. It's got to be, you know, I'm targeting a double digit, you know, unless I'm going fishing with friends or something and... You know, just, uh, but like, so like in the Owens Valley, I have to do a lot of fishing. There's, I believe there is no double digit. And really? And yeah. Mm. I just, I've been there 40 years. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I fished ponds that I never saw a human being for 40 years. Last year, I'd see three or four boats. Because you took pictures and, and put them on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's just, and then, and up there, the fish are going under the knife. Man, and it could, yeah, I hurt. Yeah, so it's just, uh, but, but you know, it's partly because of the COVID. Everybody decided to go camping and fishing and, and four wheeling <laughs> and everything. And I, I will tell you though, the whole Eastern Sierra is is being used. Yeah, I don't mean in a bad way. I mean people are out. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, 
when I see trucks with all the stickers fishing the little holes, the little canals, the trees, <laughs> I'm like, you know, but for them, it's going to the Sierras, you know, and, and the fishing and the camping and maybe the hunting, yeah. you know, whereas I'm not going to Paris to camp, you know, but, or, but you know, it happens. And then, you know, I slept in the back of the truck and ate a lot of bologna sandwiches. <laughs> to be able to go because so like yeah you yeah. know back in the day guys would say man why do how can you go afford to go all the time i go well i don't drink or smoke that's like a hundred bucks a week right there for oh, gas back when gas yeah, was, it is. that's when gas was a buck you know oh, what i mean so, I remember that's that. another was, thing gas. that was like 25 years 30 years ago dude yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember it like i dude, remember 99 cents you yeah. old. <laughs> I got it. Getting it. Let's but, try uh, to get back there. Ninety-nine cents a gallon. Fuck, dude. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna close this up. We had to do a little short because uh, Jerry has to drive really far. Uh, thank you guys for coming out. Plug your new bait so it's, you can get it on SU. Yeah, thanks. Well, I hope I helped at least one person. Today. No, yeah, great, no, just, great, uh, great. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to do another one again, Mike. I appreciate sure, you coming sure. down to the event. I know, we um, haven't got dirty yet. No. Uh, you he wants to get dirty, huh? So, hey, anyway. where, did you bring my uh, A-Rig, my A-Rig um, fucking uh, patent for the A-Rig? You forgot it again. What huh? about, about the patent? You're going to serve me a patent for the A-Rig, remember last no, time? No, I, I, I want I, it. I want to frame you know, it and put it on the... I, I served a bunch of patents one time, you know? <laughs> it was at the Bassathon, and hey, man... <laughs> Dude, if you see a school of big ones, you just want to catch one. <laughs> Maybe in the mail. And you get, all of a sudden, they're like right there. And you can get them all. Just went out to the truck for about three hours, filled them all out. And then, and then I got to tell this. And then one guy gives me a, his lawyer comes up to me and serves me and or says, you can't talk to him anymore. Yeah, I was just doing my job. And I'm. And then my lawyer said, if I talk to him, I have to disbar him because he's a, an estate attorney. Oh, um, shit. And, uh, but, you know, I, I'm lucky. I, I've sued people, <laughs> or, and, but I've never sued for one dime, but I've stopped companies from making the baits. And, um, and it, wasn't, it was never about, about the money. But now, you know, there's just too many. You can't sue everybody. And now I just think of them as, hey, I'm protected. So if you want to get a patent to protect yourself from someone else, great. That's that what was I would a great. Recommend. No, never, that's never a great. To, to sue somebody. But to protect yourself, it makes complete sense. Yeah, I, and, I it's, appreciate and it's just I, I'm lucky. I, I really do have a guy. He wrote the patent law for Obama. Oh no. And I, I met him by luck. My buddy Raphael, the DRT guy. Yeah. Introduced me to him, and um, and it's, you know, I've done what I wanted to do, and but I don't, you know. I can't, you know, it's okay to do it, and it'd be cool to but get But I one want of, one for my, you know, a big my settlement hair. Would be awesome, I'd love to get, get one just to post it on the wall and be like, look what Jerry gave me. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> I did one guy one time, and he looked like he was going to cry, and that bothered me. <laughs> no, seriously, it bothered me because, I, you know. You felt bad as a person. Well, like, you know, you I, get mad, but, and, uh, but it's just. Uh, you're not trying to make a dude cry. Like, I but get, I, but yeah. before I had patents, mm -hmm. um, People would complain. This guy needs to get patents or shut up. So, <laughs> I did it. But uh, but I could doubt that I'll ever sue anybody. That's yeah. good. You know, I actually you got to do a big company, and it went it went well. The the big companies they'll tell you, and I mean big, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they'll tell you, go ahead, do it, man. I'll, I'll spend a million dollars to stop it. It's not that million dollars. It's getting put in a magazine. That's what they're scared of. Right. You know what I mean, so, but uh, but if you feel passionate about something, do it. And if you need to protect you, yourself, you uh, had every like you knew you could do the best thing you could. So you put everything you had into that. So that, I I get that 100%. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes things are a little different, but sometimes they're not. So, But I will tell you from my experience, basically, you know, it costs $200,000 to get before a judge. So you can't spend that. And then you, and it doesn't mean you're going to win that or lose it, but, but basically it's called look and feel. The patent is easier to get these days because China was killing us on everything. It's look and feel of the bait, meaning close your eyes and it's jointed. That's one thing. You know what I mean? Or is it hard or soft or whatever? You know what I mean? And then the other thing is, it, the common thing is it only needs to be 10% different. No, it needs to be 50% different. Oh, wow. So, no, now, it doesn't need, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's just say a fishing lure made it to the judge and there's a jury. The jury, and let's just say it's in uh, San Francisco. Well, you might have three guys and three women. The women don't care about fishing, and the guys, two of them, might not care about fishing. Yeah, exactly. And really, they don't have time to waste on the merits of your patent. So it either is or isn't. But that's a long ways away, and uh, I don't even recommend, you know, unless you want to feel that it protects you to spend the money. So... I'm glad you came on and kind of opened up a little. Um, check out their collaboration on the SU, or the SU booth. And thank you for coming on, Jerry. I appreciate it, dude. We'll do another big, long one soon. And uh, thank you for driving down. I really appreciate it. No, no, anytime. Um, it's funny, my, my daughters are at my house right now, and they live 15 <laughs> minutes from here. That's nice. So, you get to uh, hang out with them. So, and it's just and with my granddaughters, so I... Probably gonna head in and out and head home. There you go. Yeah. Sounds good. Everyone good loves in and out here, right? And, uh, I already saw <laughs> some people in the parking lot. It was good to see and, and uh, you know just. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming down for this event. Thank you yeah, very any, much. Yeah, anytime, Nick. So, thank you guys. Thank you guys time, for listening. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jerry. All right. Last time, uh, his his place was uh, literally two blocks from an apartment I had. Yeah, he grew up over there. Anyway, thanks. <laughs>